It's the True Penny Show with your host James True Penny. Hello and welcome to the True Penny Show. My name is James True Penny. This is my show. Today we are with Gleet. We're going to look at Black Generation International's own show, Puro Negro 2024, and version 69. Uh, also on this show, we may have other things, but it might be by itself. It's definitely not going to be by itself, but we'll, we'll talk about the other stuff later on. Uh, but to join me is our Glate correspondent, Mr. Marcus Green of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. How are we doing, sir? Doing okay. Can't complain. Yes, we're back on the Glate beat. Two, uh, two uh, solid shows today, specifically the BGI Bureau Negro show, uh, showcasing one of... Uh, Certainly one of Gleet's uh, most prominent factions. And to, and to me, just looking at it, when you do that, kick off the show and look at the vastness of it, probably one of the most uh, eclectic factions in all of wrestling, if you ask me. Oh, absolutely. Um, an, an intriguing kind of like mix of Lucha Libre and kind of King's Road style wrestling that you get with Dragon Gate. And of course, where all of the components of um black generation international have come from so and it with it being their own produced show this is kind of out of the canon if you will this is kind of like um this is not the story of glate so they're allowed to take a few liberties with what's going on as glate do time time to time so there were some interesting matchups as well the second show as well loads of new talent like literally in every match people we have not seen before people we have not seen for a long time and people doing different things. Um, so trying out a few things, trying to grow the promotion either with talent or with different characters that can throw around. So this has been, it, I, th- I found it was an intriguing two shows. They, they are, they're essentially both house shows. And don't say inconsequential to the great story. There was no big action. There was no big angles coming out of either of them. There's still a lot of fun. There's still an awful lot of worthwhile watching. Would you agree? No, absolutely. We always talk about the overall quality of Glee. They never lack any in quality of talent or, or matches. So, you know, regardless to whether it's, um, like you said, directly involved with things that are lined up for the future or elseworlds, I guess you could line up this BGI show. It's just going to be uh, great wrestling top to bottom. So, Indeed. And in, in a break from the norm, the show opened with a three-way singles match. It was the Bulk Orchestra three-way. Hayota Tamara, Chek Shimatani, and Raichi Kawakami wrestled each other for a change, having been bored with wrestling everybody else. <laughs> this match kicked off with Kawakami trying to um, get on the side of Tamara and then get on the side of Shimatani and then eventually just try kicking everybody. That's what leadership's about, apparently. <laughs> um, Hayota Tamura took the win overall after seven minutes and seven seconds. And this was just entertaining fun because it was just kind of like big old pantomime comedy wrestling match between three guys who can really go. Um, Kawakami, once again, on the losing end, but still the leader. What did you think of this one, Marcus? Yeah, if I didn't know any better, I would have said, came out this match thinking tomorrow's the leader. Um, maybe that was the <laughs> day. I'm like, dude, it's, I got the belt. It's, it says on his Twitter account, Kawakami, leader. Just saying. Carry on. <laughs> well, on, on paper and in, uh, <laughs> on X, you got to take it serious. But, uh, yeah, this was, like you said, this, this was, uh, you know, just just three pounds going at it. Not, not too long, not too short, just the right amount of time. Obviously, tomorrow coming out with the, with the winner's champion, continue, continuing the momentum. Uh, but, yeah, this, this, this uh, match was obviously just to kick off the show. Uh, for what was to come. It didn't need to be anything huge. No, and this, what was interesting about this show was the way that people were presented in different ways. The next show, the next match on this show is an all um, BGI affair with Black Andromeda making his late debut. Because, of course, this match happened before the last card we talked about. Hope you're hanging on in there with us. They only released it this week as a Valentine's special present. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I think there's some probably some quite people quite happy they got to to see a lot of these guys on Valentine's Day. But yeah, Black Andromeda Tawakichi Sato against Action Jansen and Hanuoka. Hanako Han, Hanaoka, I'll get it right. 
um, who is a member of BGI, I think. He's well, he's he's not really, but he was he was he was on on staff for the day. He was a temp, if you will, to fill out the card. Um, he has something we should we understand. We saw him yeah, we saw him in late last year, and he did tag with BGI then, if I remember correctly. Um, so yes, he is kind of an associate member of Black Generation International, and, and was presented as a member at the beginning of the show when Black Generation all came out. Um, but again, Action Jackson, ah, I love Action Jackson. We haven't seen too much of him lately, so it's nice to have him back in the company. Kiichi Sato, who's kind of been the young boy of Glay of uh, Black Generation International, and has really found a home in that promotion, but in that faction, and kind of come out of himself. He was really on point in this particular match. And Black Andromeda, who's really the first Exotico we've seen in Glate, and myself, me and Marcus talked about that a lot in the last episode, if you want to go back and listen to that, and kind of a, a potted history of Exoticos, um, with which Black Andromeda kind of like fits the mold perfectly. Um, but it's kind of another kind of string of Lucha legitimacy to this all Lucha faction. What do you think of this match? Yeah, it's 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 interesting because there's a, a tag team and in, in, in currently in WWE called Pretty Deadly, uh, but that's exactly how I describe Black Andromeda. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just brings a, a a different pop of flair. Like I said, when you they open the show with with uh, Kato Ishida, basically introducing everybody, and it's like like I said, you you pan out to probably one of the most eclectic factions in wrestling you've ever seen. But like all of these guys are like business deadly like like one-on-one -on -one together it's it's just like it's always a problem but particularly with this match yeah this was some good stuff and obviously andromeda and, and uh kg who i think in a lot of ways almost kind of um mirrors like an up-and-coming uh Sheeta in some ways mm. um, but yeah this was this was this was good uh, but looking at andromeda throughout the match i'm like i'd i'd like to see like a, a nice good length of time one on one between Andromeda and uh Jack Cartwheel. Yes. Yes. Good stuff. Yeah, that would be really interesting. It'd be it'd be the exact opposites as well, because like I have a feeling Andromeda is probably straight but presents as gay in this particular character. Whereas Jack Cartwheel, I think he's bisexual and um obviously presents as bisexual in wrestling match. So it'd be like interesting gender politics going on as well <laughs> yeah so i've been intriguing as well as like absolutely stunning wrestling not an awful lot i've been able to find out about black andromeda about where they've come from or where they're where they place because there's, there's no cage match profile for them i can't find anything about them on uh wiki lucha or anything like that so i will have to do more research and find out more might stick him in glitter, stick him in Twitter and find out and figure out things there. But yeah, absolutely fun blast of match. If you get a chance to watch this, I strongly recommend it. Because um, it just, again, it, it kind of fills out the characters of the whole faction. Because this is a massively expansive faction that obviously doesn't just wrestle in Glee. It wrestles on big cards in, in Mexico. And um, yeah, it's, 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 uh, it, it's just so cool to see them celebrated so much in, in their home promotion in Japan. Um, and, and, you know, it kind of really gives um, a platform for a lot of guys who won't necessarily kind of get this kind of work in Japan, and they do now, so that's really cool. Absolutely. You, you uh, maybe switch out this match, uh, push it down further down the card. This could have been, you know, give it a little bit more time. This could have been like a semi-main event. Yeah, definitely. Uh, next up, we had a non-BGI match. As Stronghearts, El Lindemann, T-Hook, and Takahiro Yamamura went up against Astronauts, Suminora Abe and Taki Nomura, along with Issei Onitsaka. Now, Astronauts have not wrestled in Glate before, I don't think. Uh, no, they haven't. This is their Glate debut. Um, they've wrestled all over the world. They've wrestled for all Japan, WXW in Germany. Um, they've wrestled for GCW, uh, Bizarre Wrestling. Um, they, they wrestle for DDT, but they normally call BJW home. And not all of BJW is, you know, hardcore wrestling. <laughs> it's not all barbed wire. They have a really good junior heavyweight division, and this, these two guys are graduates of that junior heavyweight division. They were tagging with former Stronghearts member in a say on Itsaka. 11 minutes and two seconds, and again, 
workhorses put together great matches and astronauts not particularly experienced about six years in the business they really held their own in this match and it was a lot of entertaining fun i strongly recommend it again it's not anything that's particularly noteworthy in the great scheme of things other than it's nice to see Glate trying out new guys and seeing how they fit in the Glate universe. What's your thoughts on this one, Marcus? Yeah, and this is a great way uh, for Glate to, to do that. We talked about how, you know, they're constantly dropping new guys and, and, and OGs, if you will, you know, throughout their cards, uh, whether it be in, the, you know, UWF matches or, you know, the tags. Obviously, we've seen some uh during uh, T-Hawks reign and whatnot, but going uh, and on these house shows, I think is a great, you know, way to, to test some guys out. They might want to work with more long term, and and uh, yeah, it's just a, just a cool way to do it. Particularly putting them in these tag team situations, just to see if you know some people are more the background or more the lead, and whether that could make them where they need to be more tag team or put them in, in single scenarios. But yeah, this was this was fun here. Um, Always oh, cool to see Stronghearts pull out the win. Any team that Lindemann is on, uh, let alone with T Hawk, has a has a significant chance of uh, a winning. And then he pulled it out here. He pulled it out that that swift bridging German, flawlessly executed as usual. And uh, they they uh, they got him out of there. But uh, I will say, uh, me introducing the uh, Fuminoru Abe. Yeah, that guy's a problem. Uh, <laughs> that guy is a. He kind of reminds me uh, of um, uh, Ishii. Yeah. It's yeah. like this, this, this man, he's not like, not, not as big as Harley Jackson, but he's thick and he's solid and he's not moving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've won, uh, astronauts as a team have won the BJW Tag Team Championships. Um twice three times and they won the iron fist tag team championships as well um that's the, the tag team tournament championships i think um and their reigns are rated by the car the, the, they've held it for over three years and the, the reigns have been rated by the cage match guys at 8.95 which will tell you how respected they are as a tag team so yeah guys to watch and if you've not seen them before watch this watch the shows we always we always tag the shows in in the the, the tweets and the um, posts we put out there. So go watch this stuff. It's free. <laughs> no such thing as a free lunch? Well, here is a free lunch for you. It'll take you a good couple of hours to plow through this lot, but you will enjoy yourselves. Um, speaking of um, hardcore wrestling, as I was talking about BJW, not there's an awful lot of hardcore wrestling on this particular show, but I hope everybody had a fun time in Hull to th this weekend. Um, myself, I went to see um, John Dinsale and his lovely partner Abby yesterday to say hi because they were in Hull, which is like, you know, half an hour from my house and be rude not to. I did not go to the show because I had to wait. <laughs> this Brit Rest Travel sent me a message saying, you off today? I was like, I, I'm, I'm not, no, because I have to wait for some shelving from Ikea. And he was like, oh, <laughs> so disappointing. I'm like, I know, but it, it, these things happen. Sometimes you have to wabble. Um, but I hope everybody had a good time and enjoyed the death match, um, the ICW Days of Death. I can't remember the name of the show, uh, but yeah, the the big death match. BJW legend Abdullah Kobayashi was at that show, and he went to Greg's in Hull. The Greg's I was in on Friday. <laughs> this is jokes that are completely lost on Marcus because he has no idea where Hull is, or Abdullah Kobayashi is, or what Greg's is. Do you? No, but I will say this in all the, the years I've been doing this with you and just uh, doing re uh, wrestling research in general, I've never heard or seen uh, um, a wrestler with the with the term Yashi in his name that wasn't a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's called Abdullah because he looks like Abdullah the Butcher, um, and he, his second name's Kobayashi. So yeah, yeah, if someone's called Ko or Ashi in their name, then they tend to be quite good at what they do. <laughs> um, and yeah, Kobe Ash is great. I love his wrestling. I really should have gone. But it's one of those things you just don't... When you're not completely into deathmatch wrestling, you don't necessarily hear about it. <laughs> John should have told me. Yeah. He told me a couple of weeks ago about it, and I probably should have planned things better. But 
I've had a thousand pounds in car repairs this so far this year. And sometimes you just have to say, I need some shelves instead of going to a wrestling show. But what can you do? Yes, it's, it's, like you said, sometimes you have to adult. Now, you know, yeah. first, you got, much like you, definitely I'm just not into the death match of it all. <laughs> like regular matches are, are dangerous enough, uh, particularly depending on, um, you know, who you're watching. Uh, shout out to the Kota Ibushi fans. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, I've always, you know, a lot of respect for, for John to, to be so as avid of a, a, a watcher as he is. He absolutely is, and a, a genuine historian as well. He he was we was talking about it yesterday, and um, just the amount of things he knows about deathmatch wrestling is just unreal. And he's highly he's highly respected by the wrestlers as well. They love him because he's done so much work to promote deathmatch wrestling and legitimize deathmatch wrestling in the UK, especially UK, because he he's a guy from the UK and he loves his own scene and wants to push his own scene forward. So good for John for doing the things he's done for deathmatch wrestling in the UK and internationally. Anywho, let us get back to some Japanese lucha. Emperor Azteca tagged with Hartley Jackson and Mazada to, to defeat John Tunsho, SBK, and Takuma in the first loss SBK and Takuma have suffered since their debuting late. Interestingly, tagging with John Tunsho, a regular army kind of guy. So SBK and Takuma kind of finding themselves on the baby face side of the fence. But really, they're just that good, so how can you push them as heels? That's a bit of a problem, isn't it? And, you know, the fans died cheering for him, so you kind of got to go with that. The invading force thing has kind of, like, died off, and now they're just absolutely awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and and some of the spots in this match were, oh, that double, um, the double 450 off the top rope to the to the floor and are just insane stuff that they come up with. And I don't understand how they do it. I just, it's it's like magic watching these two wrestle and um unfortunately they lost but there you go um absolutely great work from emperor azteca and hartley jackson and Bazada as well i really enjoyed all the things they did in this match but yeah spk and dakuma no no diss on john toncho who we love dearly but spk and dakuma man what can you say marcus yeah that's one time i wouldn't mind being a third wheel and we we are toncho fans here <laughs> uh, gonna have she's gonna have uh some some good stuff with him coming up on the next show, but yeah, we we've been talking about it. We're gonna you know keep singing their praises because they deserve SBK and Takuma just different. Uh, but yeah, I mean, look, this is this is uh interesting three way match. Thankfully enough, the Wiggly does this is exactly how I would imagine a three. They keep it like a legitimate three way match with the team, so it's three people in the ring at the same time. Um. This is a match I'm telling you to go watch. You know, just just pick one of the teams and just stick with them. You might not always be able to keep up with everything that's going on, who's legal, who's not. Um, but it's a hell of a ride. Like Jane said, you're probably going to end up, if you pick a team first that's not as BK and Takuma, you're probably going to end up rooting for them by the end of it. Uh, <laughs> even then, when they don't win, that's who I was rooting for. But like I said, you got Emperor Azteca in there, and it's going to be a long night. As per usual, like I say, when Harley's involved, and he's, he's very involved in this match, and that's who ended up taking the win. But, uh, yeah, just a fun, fun time. Absolutely. Jackson number one, as he so often says, which makes me smile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, it was just absolutely blast fun. You know, it, it, it was big lunacy, and sometimes you just need big lunacy, and this was it. We had something pretty serious to follow up, though. Jun Sato, Ray Sato, the Sato brothers defended their Gene Pinter Tag Team Championships against Black Generation Internationals, El Bendito and Katora Suzuki. Now, we have been slightly negative towards El Bendito in the past, as he's a big lad and sometimes gets in his own road, but he was absolutely on point in this match. And this was one of the best tag title matches we've seen from the Sato brothers in this particular run. Uh, I'm trying to remember what was the last one we looked at, but this one, for 30 minutes and 36 seconds, this one was exceptionally good. And, you know, neither of us two have heaped praise on this particular tag team. So um, the fact they came up with a match like this was absolutely startlingly good. Uh, we really, I really enjoyed it. I don't know what you thought about it. So we'll go to you, Marcus, while I try and figure out what that last match was. 
Yeah, pleasantly surprised. Much like, I mean, once you uh, get those, those names from the last matches, we have come to the conclusion uh, that, that we probably should have guessed from the beginning, though Though we still was trying to look at what the Sato brothers were capable of. They require quality dance partners. Mm-hmm. And if they don't have them, it's going to be a long night for us um, watching them. But, uh, yeah, this this was, a again, They this is the second uh, back-to-back that they had. It was like they could have easily lost this, if not for the big man perseverance of it all. Because, like we said, we, we've uh, Bandito's had his moments, but he was very much setting up uh, Kataro and Kataro's and vice versa um, to, to get a big win here. But Kataro was taking a lot of the punishment and, and, and taking them off, uh, maybe knocking them to a knee, and then Bandito follow up and take them completely off their feet. And then we get in the ring, and like it was mm-hmm. to the point where I was like, whatever. Like Benita was going for, kept going for the depending combinations. It was either him or Katara, and I was just like, whatever y'all seen Zack Saber do, do that. Because <laughs> <laughs> the combinations was, I was like, do the, like do, uh, Drago's Dragon Lair uh, thing. We pulled a leg over the show, like do that, because I was just like, this is, ah, I was, oh, I was so close. It was three and three quarters, so many times in this match. I was, uh, I was nervously excited, and then I was like. Okay, well, it was you know close, but this ain't horseshoe. So they they pulled it out, but uh, hell of a hell of a hell of a match. Absolutely, the last match we talked about was Rachi Kawakami and Soda Munjo from uh, Glade version eight. Um, so yes, um, it's definitely up there with that kind of quality. But it just shows, it goes to show you how good Katara Suzuki is. Just how he—he's a junior heavyweight, and he's wrestling guys who were four inches taller and sixty pounds heavier, and he just makes it work. Okay, we're going to do this, and he drags them along to having a wonderful professional wrestling match. Katora Suzuki is one of the most underrated workers of the last twenty years, and he's just just phenomenal. And you know, we used to just stick him into situations, and and it comes out roses. <laughs> You know, I, I, I saw him light up the junior heavyweight division in, in Noah last year. He had a year in there, did a ton of stuff, went on his merry way to play, and he's doing the same thing here again. And it's just, yeah, he's just phenomenal to watch. I can watch Katoro Suzuki wrestle all day and twice on Sundays because he's just that good. But there we go. Should we move on to them? Oh, no, he's going to talk about something, wasn't he? Sato Brothers, yeah. Sato Brothers, John Sato and Ray Soto lost, well, had a match against Saxon Huxley and Timothy Thatcher on uh, last week on the ninth. That was their last match, and Ray has broken his arm, which we don't know how that affects his Glate run at the moment. That was on the Nippon TV 70th anniversary of wrestling on uh, Nippon TV, and it was a co-promotion between Nate, uh, between Noah and All Japan Pro Wrestling. The Sato brothers were, of course, representing. Um, Noah, sorry, All Japan and Siguri Gun were wrestling, were representing Noah. Um, and it went to a double count out. They actually went to a double count out twice because they wrestled each other for one minute and five seconds, had a bit of a brawl, got counted out, and then had another match that got double counted out in eight minutes and 44 seconds. <laughs> so that went well. I've seen pictures of it online. Um, and Timothy Thatcher is giving Ray Sato the biggest death glare I've ever seen. He's clearly not enjoying himself. Timothy Thatcher doesn't enjoy himself very much generally. <laughs> He's one of the most miserable individuals in pro wrestling. But yeah, um, that, unfortunately, that means that uh, we have no G-Infinity Tag Team Championship matches for a little while until the Sato brothers are up and running again. And hopefully they're better soon. Um, so, Marcus? No, saying indeed. Yeah, it's which is a shame, really, because we just we just got to liking them, and then they get injured. But mm. <laughs> but let us move on to the main event because as barnstormers go, is this is pretty barnstorming. This was uh, Black Generation Internet or well, Black Generation Mexico versus Black Generation Japan. Flamita versus Keito Ishida. Twenty one minutes and twenty seven seconds of a wonderful exploration of lucha libre professional wrestling with plenty of um, King's Road style in there as well. 
Ishida is such a great character and such a great worker. And Flamita has that the same qualities. And me and you have been on high on him for a very long time from back in the Ring of Honor days. But this match really just showcased how both of them are just next level good and how they can really make a promotion swing because it's guys like this that make your main events absolutely fly. And this was just outstanding. What's your thoughts on this one, Marcus? Because there's not an awful lot to say other than this was two guys having a great wrestling match, and sometimes that's all you need. Yeah, if I didn't notice this was a show ultimate showcase for Black Generation, I'd say this was like for the like the long term leadership of the of the faction. The way these two were going at it. Um if I didn't know better beforehand, I would have said it would have been for the uh the title. G-Rex title, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's just how good the match was, man. Like you said, it, it would exchange all the styles. It just, it really ultimately came down to just like who wanted it more, like a big uh, manhood swinging contest, if you will, uh, because neither one of these guys wanted to give an inch. It was out the gate, a different pace. This was not a tale of two Hanmas, if you will. These guys were going at it, and uh, yeah, it was just great to see. I, never, I really didn't want it to end. I was doing a fight forever chant by myself, party at one. Because <laughs> these two are just that good, and the fact that they're in the same faction. Like, that's really, this. you know, this match just ain't a, a great match. It's just a showcase of just the, the true depth of uh, Black Generation. And why they, they're one of the, probably the sickest factions I've seen in years, because they just got the no bums. Like as you you go from top to bottom, and it, it, it actually gets worse because these two, and worse in a good way because these two are at the top. So, yeah, it was a beautiful thing to see, and it could have went either way. Uh, with the leader one, she to pulled it out. I think with a, a uh, bridging tiger, mm-hmm. uh, suplex. So, that's a beautiful thing, man. Beautiful thing to witness. Go watch this match for sure. Absolutely. Um, the the show closed out with a. BGI party, as you'd imagine. So we will move on um, as we are kind of off book with that show. We'll go to Shinjuku Face, the best nightclub in the world. 257 in attendance. And I'm not sure how, how many people were there last time because it didn't seem full last time and it was rammed for this show. Um, like we said, lots of different people, but it started off with some familiar faces. Kasayashi, Michiko, and Tagged up against JD Glee, Sami Watanabe, and Yui Susumi, nine minutes and 15 seconds. This was notable for Kaz Hayashi's leadership and Michiko's hossing people around, as she does these days. We have news on Michiko and her next challenge. I'll talk about that after this match. But for a mixed gender tag match, Michiko doesn't really, you know, slow down very much. And she's having, she's like throwing people like Susumi around because she's actually bigger than they are. (laughs) So we'll see what happens there. Um, but yeah, this this was really really cool. What do you think of this one, Marcus? I like this match, um, except all the moments with Hama in it. Mostly because, to your point, this match had a certain pace at it uh, to it, particularly with somebody like Michigo who was going absolutely at it with the, the likes of JD Lee, Watanabe, and you all of us. You want Michigo wants all the smoke all the time. Um, and the match was going at a certain pace, and every single time Hama was in, it just slowed down. <laughs> he just slows everything down. I'm like, bruh. Uh, and it's not like he's coming in and delivering a thousand headbutts, but he's doing everything two to three paces back behind everybody else, and it kind of just it gets annoying to a point. But they did end up pulling out the win, and like you said, credit to uh, you know Cass being the absolute ring general that he is. And uh, Michigo is like I said, she you know even when the bell rings, she's not done fighting. So, but um, yeah, Lee Watanabe and Yugi, that's a hell of a trio. Absolutely. Um, yes, Michiko will face uh, Chihiro Hishimoto, Big Hash from Sendai Girls, uh, at version nine in a UWF Rules match. She has never beaten Hashimoto in a UWFI Rules match. And that's the big challenge for her going forward. And it's kind of the, that match was what started. If you remember two years ago, I think it was a Clay version two. It's her first anniversary show. 
it was Tokyo Dome City Hall and Michiko fought Kazuhiro for Chihiro Hashimoto in a UWF rules match and Hashimoto won. Uh, they had a rematch a year or so later and she, Hashimoto won again. Now, Michiko is a lot bigger than she was then to start with. <laughs> she's bulked up an awful lot um, and she's been the lead woman in this big company now for two years. So I'm intrigued to see what will happen there. Have you got any thoughts on that one, Marcus? Yeah, I'm just kind of looking forward to that to that match. Um, like I said, she, you know, we're coming off everything with her, with uh, you know, her faction, and uh, she, you know, she's carrying some some different momentum. So I'm very much looking forward to seeing uh, what she does there, and if she could eventually get over that 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 hump. Uh, but I always look forward to the to the UWF matches in themselves, uh, but especially with the women. So. Yeah, I'm intrigued just to see what will happen there. So. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll have to see. Next up, we have a new face. Sigo Takibana, um, who is a freelancer. He was trained by Shotoshiro Shuji Kondo, and Kaz Hayashi. So, big Dragon Gate kind of uh, OEW uh, kind of deal there. He was uh, He's a regular for All Japan Pro Wrestling. Before that, he was a regular for Wrestle 1. Um, and he'd take on uh, Yun Tonsho and win in 7 minutes and 34 seconds. Um, Takinaba is a big character wrestler. He's got loads of charisma. Um, I I really enjoyed that this match because I've not seen him wrestle before. Um, he's He's got some really good reputation. He's got an 8 score on cage match. 12 people voted him as an 8 score on cage match. And this interesting comment from Rudikov on cage match was... Anika is the best W1 promises, period. He's just the ultimate total package. High wrestling skills, charisma, mic skills, selling, style, you name it, he has it. There is no other wrestler in this whole damn business who would do better than my boy. One day he will main event at Tokyo Comb, and I believe in it. <laughs> so, you know, he, he's got an awful lot of praise behind him. And this was an intriguing um, matchup, to say the least, because it, it set off with... Uh, uh, kind of a ball out of the blue, <laughs> and it just it just kept powering onwards, and it showed an awful lot of fire from John Tonsho in this match as well. What's your thoughts on this one? Yeah, so, so shout out to that that glowing. I mean, that's the very definition of a glowing recommendation. Um, yeah, well, this was my uh, first time saying uh, Taki Bana as well. Uh, and again, big fans of John Tonsho. Up, you know. We've seen him grow. We've seen him, you know, with ups and downs. And one of my favorite things is he is never uh, afraid to go against anybody. You know, win, lose, or draw, he, he, you know, he's up for the fight. And my favorite thing was he was he was not letting the man finish. He was like, screw you and whatever horse you rode in here on. Um, <laughs> out of the gate. And then uh, the worst thing happened is like, Ducky Bonner was like, screw you back, and he turned into the horse and then rolled all over time to show for the rest <laughs> of the match. And, uh, like, God oh, bless him, but, but the Taki Bonner just t- they took it up to a different level. Um, and I was glad, this was one of those situations where I was glad that it wasn't a UWF match, because this might have ended a lot earlier than 7 minutes and 34 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this was intriguing. Uh, Taki Bana is the current Gayora television champion. He beat um, Minoru, Minoru Tanaka for that belt. So there could be Tuncho angling for, because he does wrestle for All Japan uh, on a fairly regular basis. So it'd be intriguing to see if he attacked for that particular belt. Should we move on, sir? Uh, I think this was where my other favorite thing uh, happened. <laughs> Was when uh, was it Zuski that came out at the end of the match to help him? Yeah, it we was, got a yeah. little reunion. Yeah, oh, was and, it someone? Uh, was it someone Watanabe? I think it was Watanabe. I think you're right. I think yeah. it was Watanabe. Yeah. Yeah, we had a little bit. Tonsho got saved by someone Watanabe. Watanabe was a little heated in his response to Takibana. So we'll see if we get a tag match out of that. At the next yeah. show, or maybe Watanabe has a ch- challenge for um, Takibana on an All Japan show, but it certainly looks intriguing to me as to what will happen there. Shall we move on now, though? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. As special guests go, this was pretty intriguing. 
Tetsuya Uzuchi tagged with Minoru Tanaka. They've tagged before, but they've never tagged with Shuji Ishikawa before, the biggest freelancer in Japanese wrestling right now. They went up against Black Generation International, Hartley Jackson, Kichi Sato, and a returning Ricky Aitaka, who normally doesn't wrestle for Black Generation International because he's a shoot fighter. He's a former kickboxer. He's wrestled in uh, the UWF Ledette uh, division, but this is his first pro wrestling performance. Doesn't even have a cage match. Exceptionally good um, kickboxer, I understand. Wrestled for, fought for K1. Um, had a pretty good record, actually, looking at this. Um, from 2014 onwards, he did K1 championships. He did Big Band Heavyweight Champion. Um, so, you know, he was a, a pretty handy kickboxer in his day. Now retired into pro wrestling. So this was an interesting mixed match of styles and an interesting mixed match of um, characters. Ishikawa recently left All Japan Pro Wrestling. He is a free agent. Um, kind of a big fallout with the management over there at All Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, as there has been for a couple of people as of late. Intriguing wrestling politics aside, he was, as he always is, a wonderful bulldozer of a professional wrestler. I love watching this guy. He's amazing. And he was with some pretty amazing tag team partners. Uh, they take the win out. Uh, 10 minutes and 17 seconds. What's your thoughts on this one, Marcus? Oh, this was good stuff, and this is uh, more good stuff, me being introduced to... Um... Ishikawa and uh and Ataka, Riki Ataka. But mm-hmm. uh so I mean like again, great great additions, um, you know, with the names involved, just like <laughs> black generation is yet to whether they adding a character to the to the group or, or swapping them out for one night only, they they don't miss. Um but yeah, they ended up Getting on losing them was 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 surprising, but you know it is cool to see that they can you know be beaten, and uh, also led by our guy Minoru Tanaka, the the other veteran uh, who who got a win, most like his his guy Hayashi at the uh, top of the night. So um, yeah, like you said, it was a good clash of styles, and you know a lot of times, like I said, if Harley Jackson's on the other side of the ring, they that team has the advantage. So. Fact again, they was able to pull out the win shows a lot of uh, a lot of moxie on team for sure. And similar kind of story in the next match: Kumu, Kumu Arashi defeated Junjay in seven minutes and thirteen seconds. Arashi comes out of all Japan most recently, but originally he spent his time in Pro Wrestle Zero One and Wrestle One, which was kind of the home of one Kaz Hayashi back in the day. Um, so, you know, he's had a, with Wrestle One closing down, he went back to All Japan, I wouldn't say he went back to All Japan Pro Wrestling because he started when Wrestle One started. That was when his career started. So he's, he, he went to All Japan. Uh, for those of you who don't know the history, um, Wrestle One um, was founded by Keiji Muto just after he left the president's position at All Japan Pro Wrestling and essentially took his guys with him to form a new wrestling company. Wrestle One went out of business in 2020, he says. I can't remember what's it say. 2019, yeah. Um, so it was only really together for four or five years. And then Muto went on to wrestle for Noah. And you know the story because we've talked an awful lot about it on this podcast. Um, but essentially, Glate is made up of guys who were in Wrestle One and who are out of strong hearts and Dragon Gate and OEW and that tradition. So it's kind of a, a crossover between uh, a King's Row company that Wrestle One was and a lo- Japanese lucha company that uh, Dragon Gate is. For those of you who kind of... And we've never really talked an awful much about Dragon Gate, I think possibly because it's just not our thing, because uh, it's kind of very much on a, of a lucha style and we kind of tend towards more King's Road or more Strong Star stuff. But one day we should definitely do some Dragon Gate. <laughs> I keep saying this, and I've been saying it for the last nine years, but one day we'll do a yeah, Dragon you, Gate you show. Yeah, you end up talking about a lot of the uh, guys that come out. I mean, I was absolutely one of my favorite wrestlers going today, uh, being a dragon himself, uh, you know, in the part of New Japan, uh, Shingo Takagi. Yeah. You know, so we end up talking about a lot of the, the guys that come out of there, but not necessarily the promotion and, uh, specifically. So, yeah. And Pac? 
was um, a Dragon Gate guy. So is Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. They were Dragon Gate guys too. So you know, it's 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 just <laughs> it's just finding the right one to do because it's, it's just so much of it. it's like I've got the TJPW um, Ultimate Princess shows coming up, and I've got to figure out how I'm going to do that because we we don't talk about TJPW enough. You know, if only I could just sit and watch wrestling and talk about it all week, wouldn't life be wonderful? <laughs> but no, we have to have jobs and eat food. Anywho, where was we? Shall we move on? Um, yeah. <laughs> Kumi Arashe uh, versus versus Junji. It was a perfectly good match. What did you think of it, Marcus? Yeah, God bless Junji, man. He, he's another one that, that will get in a match and go against anybody. Like, the, you see him come out of his interest in the way he twirls that blade is the way he aggressively goes at his opponents. Unfortunately, he didn't have a regular opponent. Um, yeah, Kumi Arashe kind of just took everything he had and, 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 and still squashed him. Um, it almost vaguely reminded me of a match that recently happened where Samoa Joe took on, well, Hook took on Samoa Joe. Yeah. Um, and was squashed. And that, I mean, this went better than that, but but uh, not by too much. In fact, this man did a, uh, like I said, you got to give it to Junji, though. It, it took a, a diving Centon uh, backsplash to put him down. And uh, that that's a hell of a thing from Kuma. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was just fun. Absolutely good fun. Um we'll move on to the next match. Which again has more new faces in it. The Stronghearts team of Sima, Takihiro Yamamura, and Issei Onitsaka, who for one night only rejoined Stronghearts and, and took his young family gear off. <laughs> in the middle of the match, no less, to prove how strong hearts he actually is. Uh they took on Keito Ishida, Katoru Suzuki, and Iyato Yoshida. Uh, Ayato Yoshida is of um, Active Advanced Pro Wrestling. For those of you who don't know that, that was formerly Kai and Tai Dojo, which was Takemichi Noku's promotion before he resigned from the company and they decided to separate themselves from Takemichi Noku because of the, that time it was announced he'd had an affair for eight years and had a baby with somebody else other than his wife. Um, if you remember all that. <laughs> we seem to bring it up on a regular basis because <laughs> Taka may be a living legend, but you know, wasn't always so. There was less than legendary part of his career where he had to resign uh, wherever he worked. Anywho, so this was interesting with Yoshida joining Black Generation International as a one-off um, and Onitsaka rejoining uh, Strong Hearts as a one-off. So it was fun. 30 minutes and 51 seconds. What did you think of this one, Marcus? Yeah, this was this was another solid affair. Uh, my only gripe with it was that it could have went the other way, but to me, um, the strong horse team kind of pulled uh, what we've complained about and somewhat talking about uh, Taganori Ito with some of the UWF stuff and that with the playing with the food situation because mm-hmm. they, they, they had to win them out the gate, and I'm like, and they started like, you know stalling a little bit, dancing around. He says it's, it's, it's pulling the merch down over, I think, Kato. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, you tell you, like, get the black generation against the ropes. You have to keep them there. You have one man down in the ring, the other two out the ring, and you're doing antics. Like, you, you didn't really, I don't know if you really came to win, uh, and they didn't. So, um, that that's my only gripe. Solid affair, obviously, because of the names involved, but uh, this could this could have went a different way if it was taken serious. The thing is, yeah, Yamamura and Onitsaka hate Ishida in character. In real life, they're actually all good friends. But in, in, in the story, yeah, they hate Ishida, so they pick on Ishida. But Ishida's too smart for that. You can't do things like that, especially with someone like Katoru Suzuki as well. Um, and, you know, they bring in a ringer for the day, and then you wonder why you lose. Which is, I suppose, the story of Onitsaka. <laughs> When he's on it, he's unbeatable. But he's not always on it. And that's the trouble. But there you go. His, his, uh, his teammates, though, in Yan's family, Takenorito and Yusuke Kidama, went up against Ryuichi Kawakami and yet another... Um, well, he's not really a guest, I suppose. He's now a regular, because this is two shows in a row he's been on. Sai Demonjo, the former number one contenders to the G Infinity Tag Team Championships. Um... Uh, this was a bit of a heated affair. Uh, Kadama went down to Kawakami in the end, which is good for Kawakami because he rarely wins anything. 
Um, so this this was an intriguing matchup, and um, a lot of heat between Ito and Kawakami, which could bode well for the future. What's your thoughts on this one, Marcus? This was better than expected, but this is another one of those situations we're talking about. Like you said, uh, when Issei's turns it up, it's, it's 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 quite up, and when it's not, we, we see the result opposite with uh in the same vein with Kawakami. And then we've kind of been seeing this as of late. We, you know, obviously he's had a storied history of being on L's, but he played a pivotal part here in getting this win. Um, and Ito and, and Kadama, you know, that combination, particularly with the role that Kadama's been on uh, in, a lot, in a lot of what we saw with last year and then coming into this year, he's, he's been a different guy in, in that ring. So the fact that they beat him, as you kind of know, like the, the mindset that Kawakami was was on along, obviously with uh, that Bonji. So this was this was this was some good stuff. They could run this one back. Yeah, and we'll have to see, won't we? I'm not sure if they'll get Yoshida again, but um, he has been. He did, yeah, because he made that, um, didn't he? He kind of challenged. Uh, I think it seemed, wasn't it? Yeah, a couple of shows ago. So maybe we're getting something out of that for a, for a house show in the future, or maybe a big card in the future. So I guess we'll have to see. Uh, where are we? Um, uh, El Linderman and Siki Yoshiaki and T-Hawk in the main event. This is Strong Hearts going up against Bulk Orchestra. I answer tomorrow because Moose Sakamoto and Quiet Storm. Now, Strong Hearts is a long and storied faction in professional wrestling, and Seiki Yoshiako is just one of those guys we've not seen. <laughs> before he doesn't normally wrestle for Glate, he normally wrestles for uh, Noah and he's wrestled for Noah for quite some time. He did 53 matches for them last year, he did one match for New Japan and he did one match for All Japan last year, as is the way of things. But he's been a pro wrestling Noah regular for quite some time. Um, but I guess his contract ran out in 2023 because he had 53 matches from them last year and he's been wrestling for Pro Wrestling 01 and Glate this year. He's only had two matches, maybe taking a short break, but. He's back in the Strong Hearts fold. Bulk Orchestra um, doing their usual thing, but this was a fun, entertaining match which really showed off how great Strong Hearts are as a unit and the depth they have. Um, in fact, there is now only three members of Strong Hearts who have n not appeared on a Glade show, I think. I'll tell you who they are in a minute, and you'll be slightly surprised. Anywho... What's your thoughts on this match, Marcus? Great match. Classically closing it out with a great six-man. Um, all studs here, but this was primarily a showcase for, uh, like I said, Sike, uh coming back. Um, and I think he ended the match with one of my favorite moves, but it's one of my favorite moves because of who I saw performed by in the Robinson special. Um and uh, I primarily love when Osprey does it, and he hasn't. I don't know if he has been doing that as of late at all. But uh, yeah, that was cool to see. But yeah, this, this, you know, all like I said, all stills in this match. In fact, I mean, tomorrow and and Quiet Storm against anybody is a problem. You had the the chaoticness <laughs> of Sakamoto, and then that trio was just. I put them against anybody, but uh, yeah, T Hawk and, and Linderman allowed to, you know. The young man to come in, uh, do his thing, and, and pull out the win. Like I said, with, I think that was the Robinson special he closed it out with. So, I would think it, it does sound to me like he, like um, you know, they're maybe going to bring him in because he seemed. It just seemed like he was very happy. <laughs> does that make sense? No, absolutely. And like you said, with the story history with Stronghearts, it kind of it kind of checks the boxes, if you will. Yeah. Um... I'm just looking at the people who haven't. Geo Jingjia, who's Chinese, who joined obviously in, OE, in the OEW days, he's not wrestled in Glate. Geo Jinga, uh, who's another OEW guy, now wrestles for DDT. So he's unlikely. He's from China as well. So he's unlikely to join the two. The other three are Desmond Xavier, Zachary Wentz, and Trey Miguel, who are quite busy, I understand, elsewhere. The Rascals are also members of Strong Hearts. There you go. Um, which kind of all four? All four of them. All three of them. Desmond, Zachary, and Trey. So there you go. Man, that, that is a hell of a bench. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, how long were they there for? I mean, once you're in, you're in. <laughs> I suppose. They wrestled. Where would they have wrestled with them? Looking back at this, they must have wrestled with them in oh, somewhere in Japan at some point. You'd have to say, wouldn't you? I'm looking at their early careers and I can't find where they were, where they where their paths will have crossed. Uh, yeah. Oh, well. But yes, they are members, apparently, of Stronghearts. So there you go. No, you can call upon some talent when you're in Stronghearts, for sure. <laughs> anyway, we should do a slight preview of the next big show, which got Virgin Night, Virgin of Nine, which is coming up on the 23rd. That's on six days from now. That is next Friday. So we probably won't do this next weekend because we normally like to do these in twos. So we'll probably be talking about this in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, so let's see what we've got. Katoru Suzuki and Keiichi Sato from Black Generation International going up against Takanori Ito and Fire Katsumi of Yan's family. Any thoughts? All right, could I, uh, is this on Cage Master uh, preview? It's not, no. It's just I've got I can share you. I'm look. I'm going off the pit. I'm going off the poster. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> I will. Hang on a second. Where's the chat gone in this? I will send you a picture. I'll send you the picture. Hang on. Paste. Paste. Not Control V around here. What's? Oh, good lord. <laughs> Skype. Control V. There you go. Click on that. Oh, can you see that there? Here we go. Yeah. So I'm starting in bottom left-hand corner and going from right to left. So Takanori yeah, Ito and Fire Katsumi versus Katoru Suzuki and Kiyoshi Sato in the opener. Yeah, I'm going to have to go... Uh, I think it's going to be a good one. Uh, but if I had to go with the pick, I'm going to probably go with... Yeah, I'm gonna go with BGL now. I would have to agree with you. Yeah. Sato has been showing an awful lot of um, fire as of late, and fire Katsumi is wonderful, and he's going to be great, but he's not great enough for that team right now. So we'll see what goes on there. Yuji Susumu um, doesn't normally tag with Yusuke Kodama, but apparently he is. <laughs> to work against JD Lee and Michiko. I, I have a stirring feeling that Mr. Lee will be taking a pinfall in this particular match. I don't mean to decry the young man, but I can't see it ending well. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I want to. I want to move for Michiko, but um, yeah, that's a that's a unique combination with with Yuya and uh, Kadama. Like I say, Kadama's only been getting better. So um, I think also the Michiko's gonna gonna want throw hands from bell to bell, but uh, yeah. Agree, other team. Um, Issei Onitsaka versus someone I don't recognize, and there's no English translation, so we might have to leave that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm hoping Issei is, is in the mood that night and uh, ends up pulling it out. For sure. Uh, Minoru Tanaka versus Takafumi Ito under UWF rules, which should be a bit of a barnstormer, I think. Uh, Ito has had a long career in pro wrestling. He started with Pro Wrestling Zero One Max in 2006. He's a regular for Chikasa Pro Wrestling um, and for Pro Wrestling Heat Up. He's worked across all of the indies. Uh, fairly handy mixed martial artist in the day as well. Um, and, you know, Minoru Tanaka, who's Minoru Tanaka. What's your thoughts there? Oh, most likely you think it's going to be a burn, bond burner. Um... This could be probably maybe my first time uh, with Takapumi. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm so looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not finna start rooting against Minoru. That was my guy. He can. He can beat anybody on any given night to me. So uh, I'm just looking forward to the match. Okay, regular army Tetsuya Zuchiki and Seichi Yukimoto going up against Kato Ishida and Hartley Jackson. Oh, there's a long night's work for you. <laughs> Yeah, just wow. Yeah, just get the ice packs out. Um, 
Man, that's odd. Uh, I gotta go with BGI again. <laughs> I got to. Yeah, I, I know. Izuchi and I, Ishida are always well worth the price of entry. So it's going to be, you, you stick a, a shooter like Ikimoto in the mix, it changes things up, doesn't it, greatly? So we'll have to see what happens with that. Yeah. Soma Watanabe versus Takuma in the future high live high fly battle. There you go. Future high fly battle. Two of the best aerial wrestlers in the company going up against each other. Uh, I got a feel Takuma's gone the way up, isn't he? He has to be. So I'm going to go with Takuma. I always want to roll, roll, uh, root, I should say, uh, for Watanabe, but this Takuma kid, and this could probably be my first time seeing him alone. Was maybe even more dangerous. Uh, yeah, ultimately, as a fan, I'm going to be the winner either way. But yeah, I got to go with Takuma as well. I think he's about to pull out some stuff alone that we probably haven't even seen him do, you know, in, in the team as a part of the team. So, you know, Watanabe's got his work cut off on, that's for sure. Absolutely. Next up, we have Regular Army versus All Japan. Sashima, Kozahayashi, and Jun Tansho going up against. Uh, Rei Sato, uh, Sigo Takibani, and Hamada, the former, uh, sorry, Aoki, the former All Japan Triple Crown champion. That should be an interesting matchup because there's three guys who work pretty regularly together in All Japan um, going up against three guys who work pretty regularly together in Glade. So that should be fully entertaining given the people involved. Same, but I'm going with the Hong Lee team. <laughs> Um, uh, you're not going to enjoy this. L. Lindemann versus Ikimenjiro, currently known as Kurisumo Tokyo Japan, after the shenanigans at version 7. L. Lindemann is going to be dealing with more shenanigans, which is always entertaining, but I have a feeling he could be doing something else. <laughs> yeah, Lindemann, close him out quick, close him out tight, eat him up out of there. <laughs> Um, and then we have a Strong Hearts matchup of Strong Hearts versus Bork Orchestra, Kawakami, uh, Quiet Storm, um, Kazuma Sakimoto, and Czech Shimatani going up against uh, who was on that list? It's we've got Young Mora, Jinjay, um, Ellen, sorry, T Hawk, and our new friend, Seiki Yoshiako. I got a feeling. The, the strong hearts are kind of kind of put some dominance in now they're bringing up their ranks if you see what I mean yeah I get it and say like I said Seiki uh very much came in with something to prove and that tag uh that match and same here it's kind of like I said this combination of, of bulk is uh part of the hardest uh lineup without um another name but man this match is going to be great in general but yeah i'm, I'm probably going to go with the same with you uh for strong hearts and your main event of the evening will be sbk challenging for the g-rex heavyweight championships currently held by heart it's more of bulk orchestra sbk has some momentum flying behind him and he's red hot but I don't see him taking Motomura at the moment. I could be wrong. You know, we thought Keita Ishida was going to rain and rain and rain, and he only lasted for three matches. So it's just going to be intriguing as to see where they go with this, but I can't see SBK taking it right now. Tomura seems like he's there for the long haul, and he's going to make SBK fight every inch of the way. But this could actually be the best G-Rex Championship match we've seen, because Styles make fights, I've said time before. And if there's the best Kings Road wrestler in in Glate is probably Himata Tamora. The best lucha style wrestler right now could be SBK. I don't know. I'm urging towards Tamora, but what do you think, Marcus? That is one high praise just coming from you in general, but also the fact that we just got through talking about all the depth coming out mm. of BGI. So, uh, yeah, man, that's it's sickening, but we are. It's, this match, this match, is kind of like an embarrassment of riches. I just wonder if we're going to be in for um, turn of SBK and, and uh, Takuma, that particular squad, like like two two losses, or one's going to win and then one's going to lose. Because I can't see both of them 
when a particular SBK, because it's like you said, DeMuro's in there for the long haul. He's been built for this. He's, you know, um, had to come back and win the title. So I can't see them knocking him off this early on. Things will be a hell of a match, but uh, tomorrow's going to do too much to get back to even try for the title, not only to get it, but he's not going to be dropped off here, but it's going to be a hell of a match. Like you said, Styles make fights. And, uh, yeah, this is just, this is going to be good. This is going to be good. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at it from the whole thing. This is going to be a great card. So, uh, looking forward to it. But, yeah, can't see tomorrow being knocked off so soon. Definitely championship gold in both of these guys, as we can Takuma's future, but not this soon. No, I think so. I think then the Sato brothers is what their long-term goal should be and is, and uh, we'll see how that develops. If we get two fit Sato brothers for a start, obviously, because things won't happen unless that happens. In the meantime... Thank you very much for listening to the Troopany Show today. My name's James Troopany. You can find me at Sheriff Star on Twitter, at Sheriff Star TX on Instagram, and at Sheriff Star on Mastodon. Uh, Marcus, where can we find you on the internet? Yes, YX is still operational for the meantime. You can find me at Paradox Kid. That's P-A-R-A-D-O-X-K-I-D. You can find the show Troopany Show on Twitter and Instagram as Troopany Show, as well as Patreon and Facebook as The Troopany Show. We have a Discord too. Don't use that as much as I used to. Probably should do more. We're on YouTube now. Um, we we we, <laughs> we developed our usual uh, listenership on YouTube to the power of six this week, which means that 24 people listen to us on YouTube. We get a lot more people listening to us on SoundCloud. We're trying to build our YouTube audience. To, to increase the algorithms and stuff like that and give us more presence. So if you want to listen on YouTube, we greatly appreciate it. The first five minutes, apparently, is the bit that counts. So if you can listen to it, listen to us for five minutes, then you can go back to the SoundCloud. We won't care after that. But in the meantime, take care. Thank you for listening to the Troopany show today. We'll see you soon. Bye. <laughs>